it's a it's a five star review. Just, just leave us just leave us four. Because we don't want to look too good. We want to look as as pitiful as possible. Then we get the we get the sympathy votes. Right. What does that ranking even mean? I mean, I don't ever know what it means. I never know what it means. They're telling us they they're telling us that five is good. Why would you ever want to be five? Don't you want to be one? You want to be number one, because if you're not first... You're last. Five. You're fourth loser. <laughs> the brand new season, it's upon us. It's it's here. I feel it. I feel it. It's coming. It's, it's coming big, in the air. It's, it's tonight. No, no, I'm not going to go into the song. No, don't sing. Okay, I'm sorry. Didn't mean to do that. Well, actually, I really did want to sing. Hello, my fellow Bizbodyites. That doesn't sound good. Bizbodyites? No. Bizbodians? Business, 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 business people in. <laughs> hey guys, welcome to Biz Body. This is the podcast for health and wellness practitioners about running a sustainable and successful business that helps people. I'm your host, Keith Shimon. With me, right next to me, is Brandon Miller on the mic. Before we get started, make sure that you go over to bizbody.net and sign up for our newsletter and go over to iTunes and leave us a five star review with a positive comment because it helps find helps find people, helps people find us so we can help them. So lastly, if you know a well-respected professional in a field that either helps your business or is working alongside of you, let us know. Leave us a comment on the uh, Facebook page or on Twitter. There's an email that's connected to the newsletter. It's also a great way for um, us to connect. We'll be diving into this session today, Um, basically just updating you guys on where we are with our practice. The main topic is basically us transitioning from technician more to business owner. Um, not that you will ever lose that technical part necessarily, um, but I think uh, as you try to grow grow your business, and what we've found as we've grown our business is, you know, you do have to make time for your business um, outside of just seeing clients or just seeing patients, depending on. Um, what type of individual you see, because if you don't, you're not going to be in business very long. And unfortunately, that is probably for most people, the biggest pain in the butt um, with owning their own business, only because you never really got into it to do the business stuff. You got into it more than likely to help people during that process. Now you have either just yourself to feed or employees as well, um, which can make things even more complicated. So I think that we wanted to take a little time and just kind of update you on where we're at and some of the things that we've been working on. Uh, Obviously, the first season we thought went really well as far as uh, the people that we were able to interview. A lot of the things that uh, we learned from those interviews, we've actually implemented into our own practice. Um, So I think Without further ado, let's uh, let's dive into it. Transitioning from technician to business owner, we came up with twelve different things that have that have helped us, and um, actually that we thought were really really important. That being said, the number one thing that we thought was the most important part of getting started, and or if you've already started and you're kind of floundering, or you feel like you know you, you've done well for the first year or two, but you feel like you can't keep up. You hear it time and time again, but until you go through this process, it's something that um, that eye opening. Yeah, you just don't you just don't get it until you do it. So, and that's basically what is your vision, and what do you want to create based upon what you need in your life. You have to know what you need personally, what you're okay with, 
and how you want to help. Yep. That was the biggest eye opener for me um, is actually sitting down and figuring out like, what is my ideal day look like? What is my ideal week look like? Uh, where do I want to be spending the majority of my time? And then from there, being able to build around, what do I have to do to make that happen? Yeah. And, you know, the funny thing is, if you have a business partner, your guys's ideal day might not be the same. Yeah. And, you know, understanding that that's okay. But at the end of the day, like you guys got to come together and decide how are you going to make that happen? Um, and how important is that to you? And I think for us, um, while we believe in a lot of the same things, like our ideal days don't look the exact same, which is okay. Um, and I think it, it really has allowed us to be more focused on what each, each person's role needs to be and what they need to do, where their strength are, strengths are, where they're more passionate, um, about certain things than others. And I think it's really helped us move forward with, not only where we are, but where we want to be. This really hits home is the idea of like, what was our day like today? You don't know 100%. If you're a technician, there are times that people cancel. You know, or there's times when you wish you could get to back, back to people sooner. There, you, know, you may have a family. I don't know. Maybe you're making time for people at 6 o'clock. You know, maybe you're making time for people at 8 o'clock. Or what's your window? Are you wanting to work 8 hours? Do you not want to really work at all? And you want people to work for you. Do you need a team, right? Because, I mean, what was your day like today? Uh, Very different than most. It actually started out um, being very, very full up until about last night. And then the next thing you know, like, I had a block of time for four hours today that I didn't really anticipate. You can either take that and, like, freak out about it or... You know, uh, I spent a couple hours actually getting some things done that you and I have been kind of talking about for a while and being able to spend some actual time starting to develop a few things, but also catching up with some of the new member binders that I'm actually a little behind on. So it actually allowed me to get a few things done and catch up to where now I don't have to carve out time outside of my normal work week to try to get those things done which gives me more time to spend with my daughter and my wife on the weekend. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, cause it's important. It is, it is. And I think that's the biggest change, you know, for me is, you know, having a daughter 14 months ago has really changed my idea of workflow, you know, time at the office versus time at home. Because, you know, when you're, when you're working full time, you own a business, your wife works, works full time, um, and is very good at what she does you don't have a lot of time with your kids, you know, like my daughter goes to daycare. So by the time I get a work, go pick her up, we have dinner, get to play with her for a good 30 minutes and then she's off to bed. So, yeah. you know, for us, like that's important time. And then, you know, by the time my wife and I get dinner and kind of, um, talk about what happened in your day, I mean, it's already nine o'clock at night. <laughs> what did you do for your day? Right. How was your day today? <laughs> it's like, uh, you know, my daughter's going to be getting up at like five o'clock in the morning. Uh, she'll probably go to bed soon. So, <laughs> but you're also preparing for being able to be there more, or if that's a thing that that you even wanted, you're prioritizing that and you're forming that future with your vision and the purpose behind it. Like, right. like that was that was something that we talked about in a, in, a, in a previous episode about building your your perfect day. You know, and and in each one of these pieces 
are going to have their own individual show around them with a workflow so that we can help you guys out the way that these things helped us out. And, and I think that's one of the most important things is the idea of taking control of your day so you can formulate a practice that enables it or like maybe even your practice is your purpose. Like that is the thing that's driving you every single day, which, you know, can, can be either something that you want to scale or something that you just want to, to live and breathe. Right. Yeah. So number, number two, you have to separate your finances. If you do not have a separate account that houses the money that you make from your business, it becomes a big time headache later on. And and that's just something that's right off the bat that you have to take money into account. Right. I mean, it's, it's one of those things where, um, if you don't, I don't know how you're going to figure out where you're at. And I can tell you, your accountant's probably going to want to slit your throat. Mm-hmm. So, you know, make sure that, uh, as soon as you set up, you know, your business, you go out and get a business account at a bank. Um, and the money gets funneled through there before it ever touches your pocket. Number three, create a business entity. You're going to more than likely need a federal tax ID number. And also you want to file with your state if you're setting up shop by yourself and you are either an independent contractor or you're starting out from scratch and doing your own thing. Yeah, I think it's one real quick caveat to that is um, the reason why you want to set that up uh, is it gives you a layer of protection liability wise. Um, so if you are an independent contractor, even if you're working out of a gym or working in, you know, under say a massage therapist or what have you, um, if you're an independent contractor, you need to have your own business entity. Um, if for only the simple fact that it, it's one more layer of, of protection liability wise in case something were to ever happen, um, you want that added protection. So you know, just because you're an independent contractor and you're working for somebody else doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to be protected. So make sure that you have that little, that it, it doesn't cost a lot of money. It costs, it costs you a little bit of time to actually set it up. But in the long run, like you always want to protect your butt first. And, and not only that, it, it more than likely is going to help you out down the road with taxes as right. well. You know, number four, know what you do and what you don't do. Also, know how to explain what you do to people who do not speak the same language as you and how to make friends with professionals that basically are filling the gaps of what you do not do. One of the main things out of that is that introspection. Right. And I think uh, the idea of understanding your scope of practice. What are you really good at? What are you not good at? What are some things that you think you're good at, but maybe are things that you shouldn't be touching at this point um, based on your current level of education, certification, license, what have you? Um, I think, you know, for us, our focus has um, narrowed a ton since we first started as far as like, you know, I think we we've, we got into this thinking, oh, we can help everybody. We can do, you know, we can work with anybody that walks through the door, which honestly isn't... Um, necessarily the truth. Yeah. And I think that it's also when you have that mindset, you don't attract the type of clientele that you're actually looking for. Well, for those of you that are new to the podcast, Brandon, you want to like briefly expand, explain like what it is that we do. So basically do specific exercise for people. And when we first started, it was more like we can do everything. Like we can work with the 80 year old grandma to the professional athlete. 
Um, doesn't matter who you are, what you have, what you're dealing with. Like that's the type, like you, you can move your body. We can work with you. Um, I think by putting that out there, yes, you're going to get people that come to the door, but I think you're also going to get people that, um, don't have the same expectations and same, you know, thoughts as you do and where you want to take things. Yeah. And I think as we've gotten better at like focusing down, um, what we really do, which is creating specific custom exercise processes for people. Yeah. What does that mean? We're able to take people that want to move their body, want to move their body efficiently and do it in a way that helps them use their body for a lifetime. If that's something that you're looking for and you're looking to do this long term and you're not looking for the quick fix, we're the we're probably the place for you. Well, I mean, Outside of that, like yeah, we're, we're yeah. not willing to take you on. I'm not looking for the for the person that's looking for, you know, well, I want to lose 10 pounds in 6 weeks or I want to, you know, do this in in 5 weeks or, you know, um I hurt my back, I want you to yeah, the to pain fix, side. I want you to fix my back in 4 sessions. Mm. And it's like, you know, we're not looking for that type of clientele and I think now that we've really focused in our message we're starting to get the clients that we want, which are the clients that realize that exercise done properly and done over a long period of time can allow you to do the things that you want to do when you get older. And I want to be one of those people. I want to yeah. be able to use my body, you know, and use it effectively until I die. You know, yeah. like yeah. Oh, so. completely. I mean, just like just the understanding that we're preparing bodies for the physical stress of life. You know, and in, in, in that's practice. Like we're just making people aware, you know, we're practicing and then we're progressing overall. And, and let's, again, if we can't summate what it is that we do very well, it's going to be really hard to find the holes in our practice and the people that are an adjunct to what it is that we do to provide more value to your clients. Right. right. And I think having a, having a network is great. Like, you know, if somebody comes in with an issue that I don't feel comfortable with, I've got somebody that I can refer them out to. And, you know, I think that um, having that level of network where you trust other practitioners and other practitioners trust what you do mm-hmm. only keeps people floating around your network. And in all honesty, if somebody comes in here and wants to work with myself or with you, um, but their issue isn't something that we actually deal with, I think that by giving them off and sending them to somebody that they really need to see, if they get taken care of the way that we hope they get taken care of, they may come back in the future, you know, when that issue is rectified and now they may be a prime candidate for what we do. Mm -hmm. And I think that, you know, people appreciate people being honest, right? Like if I, if I sit in front of somebody and say, you know what, like I totally appreciate your situation, but that's just out of the scope of my practice. But I've got somebody here that's really good at that. Would you mind if I gave you their number? And if they go and get taken care of and they feel really good, I mean, they're going to look back and say, wow, like that guy over body activation actually cared. really gave a crap about like me, right? Because yeah. he forego, forewent making money off of me to make sure that I felt better. Yeah. So they actually care over there. And that's what we really want to be known for is the place where people can come and actually be, it's a safe haven where, you know, if we can take care of you, great. If we can't, here, I've got somebody that can help. I think like one last piece added on to that, because that, that, that's 100% it, you know, are you ready to work with the people that you think that you can help? 
you know, and, and that's another thing that we had to learn really, really quick as well is like, who are we capable of helping at what step of the way? And then who is also really good at helping the people that we can't help? Number five, name your business something that makes it really easy for people to understand where you are and what you do, especially what you do. Um, number six, understand how to take care of basic bookkeeping and accounting needs, especially when it comes to taxes. Taxes are huge because if you end up with a huge tax bill at the end of the year, and when you own your own business, they're more than likely the government's going to ask you to pay something called quarterly taxes. Right. And that's both state and federal. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, the thing that I think that helps that we, you know, went through initially was, you know, if you don't have a grasp on how to do QuickBooks or how to keep an Excel spreadsheet of your finances and money coming in, money coming out, and it's something easily readable by an accountant, you're better off hiring an accountant or somebody to show you how to do those things and spend the money up front to make sure that you do the books correctly. If you're going to do that or if you're going to pay somebody, great. But if most people starting out, like you're trying to limit expenses, right? So, you know, if you're going to be the one doing keeping the books initially, pay the extra money for your account for your accountant whoever you're going to work with to set you down or to sit down with one of their associates and learn how to do QuickBooks the way they want it done. Trust me, it's well worth the upfront money because at the end of the year, you're going to look at a, a tax bill not only from the IRS but from your accountant. And at the end of the year, if he's got to go back and redo 12 months worth of crap that you screwed up, your tax bill from your accountant is going to be just as outrageous as the IRS bill. And then, um, and then you get stuck with a bill for the next quarter on top of what you already owe for the year before, which is a compounding effect and a huge, huge problem, which can actually tank your entire business. Right. So it, it kind of gives you that false sense of security where you think you have more money than you actually do. So, you know, the best advice I can give anybody starting a new business, like if you're going to do the books yourself, suck it up pay the extra money, let your accountant take you through how to, how he wants your QuickBooks set up and where to put things. Because I can tell you from experience, it's going to save you a ton of time and a ton of headaches. And it's going to save you a huge bill from your accountant at the end of the year. Oh, heck yeah. Heck yeah. I'm going to switch these two in order. Um, number, eight, uh, number eight, which is supposedly number seven, right? Know how much money you plan to make in your business and how much it'll cost you to run per month. Write it down on paper, know your expenses, know your revenues. Um, something else that to add towards the um, separate your finances when you get a bank account or a separate checking account, it's probably a really good idea when you're a fresh business to have a line of credit. Right. And we learned that out the, we learned hard, that the hard way. Because if you need it, it's there. Because when you need it, it's going to be impossible to get if your credit sucks. Right. Or your credit doesn't even have to suck if your books don't look good. Um, you can be making money, but you have one bad month, and for whatever reason you need a l- little influx of cash, um, don't go to the bank because they're not going to feel sorry for you at that point. Yeah. Like, So make sure you get it right off the bat. Um, they give that stuff away like candy at the beginning, but you know, if you have a few bad months and you run a little short on cash flow... Uh, they're probably not going to be the person that's going to give you the handout. I mean, if you're bleeding money, why would someone lend you money? Right, exactly. (laughs) It doesn't really make sense. Um, Number seven, 
um, which is now number eight. Um, look at what you need for individual or family health care coverage. This was a huge piece of um, us opening a body activation because my wife is a type one diabetic. And at the point in time, if you had a pre-existing condition and um, and she wasn't covered at one point in time, she may not get covered, which was different when Obamacare kicked in or the Affordable Health Care Act kicked in. Um, Brandon, on the other hand, on the other hand, uh, his wife uh, has a full time job and has pretty good benefits, of which has lowered our health care costs significantly because my wife is an occupational therapist that works part time because we also have a family and she she splits the time between work and um, in, in the home. I mean, the biggest thing obstacle for us um, initially opening this business was just finding health care. Yeah, um, yeah. And before when we did open this business. I did have uh, private insurance, so like I had to go out and get my own insurance. Um, you know, fortunately now that uh, I'm married and my wife does have a full time job, like we're able to get uh, health benefits at a fraction of the cost that it would cost me otherwise. Like if I had to go out on the open market right now and find health insurance, um, it would be an even bigger burden on our business um, than it currently is. Especially since he's a heroin user. Right. <laughs> Smoker, that, that morbidly sucks. obese, you right. know what I mean? Exactly. <laughs> and it really works well because he, you know, being in the health and fitness industry. So, <laughs> no. Um, uh, number nine, will your business require a team to run or can you do it yourself? Uh, that's a big question. I mean, you know, I think uh, it comes down to whether or not, uh, how big do you want to be? Like how how much do you want to scale? Mm-hmm. Um, do you want to keep it small and just yourself and maybe one other person or a couple other people? Or do you want to grow whatever business that you have into multiple locations with multiple sites? And um, I can tell you that the bigger that you get, obviously, the more you're going to be spread thin. So if you're one of those people that is, you know, loves being a technician and loves the actual interaction client client, uh, practitioner, um, having a huge scalable business probably isn't going to be in your best interest because there's no way you're going to be able to multitask so many different things. Um, so if you are that person that really, really genuinely loves working with clients and loves being around clients, um, more than likely you're going to want to stay relatively smaller unless you can find somebody who will then run the business aspect of your business. Um, which, Again, isn't a bad thing. You can go simple, or you can go can go big. Right. I mean, the 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 biggest difference is if can you give up that control, right? Because um, if you're a technician that doesn't want to necessarily oversee this huge business, you're going to have to hire a business person, which means that then you're going to have to give up the reins, and somebody else is going to basically be in control of your business, so you can be the technician that you want to be. Yeah. Or you're going to have to keep it relatively small so that you can, you know, manage all the different working pieces of your business as well as still be a technician. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to need, you're going to need the owner slash president slash CEO slash CFO side of things to manage 
all the technicians because that in itself is a full-time job. Otherwise, you're going to be trying to work 90 to 120 hours a week and you're going to just be flooded, especially when you have multiple technicians on multiple levels. And that's not that's just not even including the technicians that work with your clients on the technical side. That's not like including um, people that are doing the books and people that are doing your marketing and people that are going out in the community and, 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 and talking to other people. Are you doing that? You know, are you talking to other professionals? Are you setting up, um, are you setting up presentations? I mean, there's so many different layers to it. Um, moving on from there, um, where do you plan to practice? Um, where's your location and how are you setting up your lease? Um, I mean, I think that that's a big one, obviously, (laughs) uh, location and lease, uh, that can make or break your business. Um, I think especially if you've never signed a lease, never negotiated a lease. Um, or if you have two places when you're not ready to have two places. Right. That can be a problem, too. Um, never experienced you know, that one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we won't talk about that. But, uh, no, I, th- I think the biggest thing is, like, do your research, you know. Um, I mean, the biggest thing that I think that I know I regret, and I'm sure Keith will go back and, you know, say the same thing, but not hiring a broker when we first started to look for, you know, a space because we didn't know jack crap about leases and about locations. And, you know, we picked our location based on, oh, this seems like a good place to go because it's not too far out of the realm of where most of our clients come from. And it's right on the main drag and people will be able to see us from the street and, you know, all the things that sound great and peachy and all that stuff. But, you know, ultimately led us to being in a space that was quite a bit smaller than we probably should have been in. But at the time it worked, right? But as we grew, we grew out of that space relatively quickly, but we had a five-year lease. And, you know, like you'll find out real quick, most landlords aren't real cool with just saying, you know what, like I know you guys (laughs) have grown out of this space. We'll we'll just forgive the last three years of your lease. Like (laughs) you you can go go somewhere else. Um, So I would highly recommend... Hiring a broker, most brokers, uh, I don't know how it works in other states, but here in Wisconsin, most brokers, if you hire them, they actually get paid by the actual landlord or the lease holder. Um, you don't pay anything out of pocket. So they're in, they're looking for um, buildings and space that you can afford, what you feel like you know is a good spot for you, and then they actually negotiate your lease rate with the tenant or with the actual landlord and the landlord pays them based on, you know, the total cost of, of the lease. Um, which is really nice because then you get a professional that can find you a good space, potentially steer you away from bad landlords, Mm -hmm. um, or bad buildings where, um, you know, they've had problems in the past and maybe, you know, the landlord hasn't kept up the place or is really hard to deal with, um, what have you. So honestly, Best advice I can give you, find a broker. Yeah, I, I think uh, two comments about that is, number one, knew, know who the broker is working for, um, because sometimes the broker might actually be working for with just a specific set of, of uh, landlords, too. So just keep your eye out for that. And also for location, be close to your clients like try to be within like a 10 mile radius to 12 mile radius that can that can really help with cutting down time um preferably within 10 to 20 minutes uh, 20, 10 to 20 minute drive of those people without any significant um like physical boundaries like um rivers and overpasses and stuff like that that can that can also 
change up a, a client's perspective. Um, now, number 11, how do you plan to reach your persp- your prospects, um, your clients, deliver an experience, and nurture relationships so your clients rave about you? Um, I think that's one of the, the things that's, it, it sounds easy, but it's harder than it it sounds. Oh, the client um, experience. It, 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 it's, it's a learn as you go type thing. You right. know, it's, it can be so easy and complex at the same time. And there's books upon books upon podcasts talking about it. Right. That's uh, one or two podcasts all on, all on of itself. Oh, I mean, it's <laughs> just, uh, you know, talking about like even how our client experience and how we've developed that has changed over the last seven and a half years um, is night and day. So, yep. Yep. Um, and there's, things that we're currently working on that are, um, going to change that even more. Yep. So, um, I think, you know, that, that's definitely something that, uh, you know, we could sit here and talk for an hour about easily. Oh, completely, completely. Number 12, the last one, build your practice with documentation of how it's run step-by-step. Step. So in case you're gone and you have a team, someone can run it. Yeah. Super important. Uh, <laughs> you know, the last thing you want to do is leave the business for a week to go on vacation and uh, somebody that's coming in doesn't know how to turn on the lights exactly. or lock the building or unlock the building for that matter. And it sounds stupid, but if your employees or the people that work for you have never had to do that stuff and there's not a system in place to have that done, like then you might be getting a phone call your first day of vacation. Hey, how do you get in the building? And don't, don't be upset if things aren't done the way you want, if you've never written them down to explain how they should be done. Right. So you can't expect people to do things the way you do them if you don't teach them to do them that way. Thank you guys so much for uh, tuning in today. Um, make sure you go over to bizbody.com for more. Sign up for our newsletter. We'll come out with associated workflows for um, for the upcoming podcast. Go to iTunes and leave a five-star review and a positive comment. And if you ever want to check out our practice, go to body-activation.com. Uh, we're going to be out. We have family matters to attend to. I know that, Brandon, you got to pick up your little girl from daycare. And uh, and I got I to gotta have some father time myself. Right. It's got to happen. (laughs) See you guys next time.